0: Welcome to the Peak Performing Team, a podcast for business leaders that want to cultivate more innovation, productivity, and well-being on their teams, especially in the middle of chaotic times. This podcast features advice on getting the right people started right, fostering inclusive teamwork, preventing burnout, and so much more. So now, let's join best-selling author, organizational health, and teamwork strategist, Faith Clark, for this episode of the Peak Performance Team.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode. This is one of the shorter episodes. I'm not naive enough to think it's going to be five minutes, maybe ten minutes, where I talk about a specific topic. And this one is based on an, a conversation I had with a client, and I wanted to just expand on a few ideas. We're gonna talk about onboarding. Now onboarding, when I, when I asked myself, how did we even come up with the word onboarding? I thought about getting on a ship, um, the one cruise that I'd been on, and I am terrified of deep water. And the what felt like the taking my life into my own hands, process of walking up this inclined ramp, possibly falling off. I know I exaggerate, but this process of getting onto this entity that's bigger than you, that's higher up than you. And I wonder if some of these ideas aren't historically built into the idea of onboarding. So first of all, just some definitions. This is Faith's definition I'm sure you have something really specific to your organization. I call onboarding the stuff we put new people through at work to help them get oriented to the work and to the new, to the company, their new organization. So this bunch of processes, stuff we think they should learn, interactions we think they should have, we have a, a set plate, like a, a meal of consume this. And after you've consumed it, you will be ready to kind of take your place in the organization. And I think in a model like that, the primary responsibility is the persons. The person has to consume, the person has to integrate, the person has to show themselves capable of taking the stuff in and becoming, you know, part of the new organization. It's like you're the outside new person, and you in help yourself to come in. And of course, it's not that you're doing this on your own. Of course, you have help. But the responsibility is on you. And I challenge that. I challenge this idea of the responsibility is on the person. I do think those of you who know me know that I approach a lot of this work from the point of view of how are humans really? What helps humans thrive? Um, and what are the ways that we can leverage our superpowers as humans, so that we can get more done with less effort and less fallout and burnout and all this stuff, which absolutely plays back into the bottom line. Like the bottom line is more solid, more robust when as a community, we are healthier in every way. And when we build our workflow, when we build our work life, when we build our um action plans according to how humans really are and work well, then we end up with a win-win and win all around. So I think that there's something about the way we're onboarding that's not working and it shows because the statistics say that most companies onboarding plans and strategies feel too burdensome to the managers. Like the managers and the leaders who are supposed to be Guiding people through these onboarding processes feel it's too much. Who has the time? They can't do it. Capacity is limited. And most onboarding strategies, the people being onboarded at the end of it don't feel like, oh, good. we've Now I have it. I'm ready. I can do this. Um, so both sides aren't feeling satisfied with it, but we tend to Keep doing it. So, what are some examples of ways that it has been effective though? I was chatting to a few people and thinking about some of the teams that I've been part of and that I've led. What are some ways that onboarding has been effective? So, I'm thinking of a few random examples people um, shared with me and I'm pulling one. One was a whole full offsite with the team. So, this new person was added to the team. I don't know if this was strategic in terms of a time of year in the company, but the entire team, and this was a tech team. Went to a place, all hung out at a hotel and did bunches of bonding stuff, did bunches of um, technology, like knowing stuff. So taught the software, used games to teach the software and did a bunch of things together. Both work and play and interpersonal um, life together, physical location away from everything else. And the person that was sharing that with me shared it as by far the best onboarding and most effective onboarding experience they had ever had another example was having a dedicated guide and connector having somebody that's like taking you through this company like like a tour guide like a connector saying this is this place this is the Baker you know if you're in a new town or new country introducing you to the important people helping you build almost brokering the connections answering questions and this person shared about having designated times with that person so specific check-ins that they couldn't avoid but also spontaneous like this was a a person that they could just it was like their friend their first friend and that was super effective for them Um, and then somebody else described a one-day immersive personal interpersonal and collective experience so a one-day experience where personal growth the personal needs were met Um, they dug into a bunch of you know, growth related things on the personal level, and then relationship building stuff happened, and then organizational, collective, team stuff happened, all in the context of both games and learning. And there was a big heart to heart component. So at the end of that one day, relationships, but there was knowledge as well. And I think what these experiences have in common is this sense of the forming of a new we, like prioritizing this new we, I'm using we in quotes, new we, new us that's forming. And I think that this is really a community responsibility, not an individual responsibility. And when I say community responsibility, I think together, whoever the existing team is, the organization really wants to hold the responsibility to create space for, build connections with, create mutual understanding. I understand you and what you bring to the table you understand me, because pause, you know that the resume, the interviews, none of that helps build a deep understanding of the person, no matter how sexy and how slick and what psychological tricks we use, we don't really know the person that we're inviting to join our organization. And the invitation to join is an invitation into, I will know you deeper and better, not just to say, when I know you, I oust you because you actually don't fit. So there's a a commitment to building mutual understanding, sharing responsibility for each other and for this big picture so that everybody thrives. Because thriving in the organizational space has to mean the business remains healthy and the humans remain healthy. And it's a both and, right? So how do we build this new we that includes you, that still maintains everybody thriving and the business thriving? And one of the things I noticed is that this how, how do we build this new we? The answer is individual because how one new person, um, what one new person needs to help them feel integrated and a part of the new we is different from what another person needs. So my first thing is, and this is, you know, if you know me, you know that I am, Uh, pushing back against industrial models of doing things, kind of cookie cutter, kind of same as like factory type of things. Humans are not spare parts, so we're not all the same. The idea that onboarding is the same for every new person we bring in is just, um, it's false. It's just, it's not right. And part of the struggle we've been having in being effective, similar to what we do in education, is this thought that people need the same thing. So the first thing that I challenge, I'm challenging all of us to do is to think about how can we build flexibility into our processes so that we can craft and bend and adjust an onboarding process to fit the actual human that's being onboarded. So that's one thing. Number two, it's also a collective experience. A person can't be integrated into a new we if the existing team, existing collective existing staff group isn't being considered. like what does the existing team need? because because a team isn't a monolith, right? this this group of people who work in your organization that are working together, they're not even the same group that they were six months ago, even if it's the same humans. they're not the same because they change. And worse, you know statistics are saying when I'm making this recording, you know it's um, July 2021, Um, Studies say that by the end of the year, 30% of people who were remote in the pandemic are gonna have changed jobs or changed career paths. So uh, they're probably not even the same people. You probably have a whole new team or even half of the people are different. So what does onboarding need to look like so that the existing team can integrate this new person or these new people? So it has to be individual, it has to be collective. I'm going to recommend three, um, three, three I would what am I calling them? Ideas. Um, three things that are important in your onboarding process: an individual onboarding process, a collective onboarding process. Paying attention to both the individual and the team or the, the um, organization. It needs to have a starting ritual or experience. So instead of yes, we do introduce people to the team or or and so on. I do think that instead of having that kind of specific introduction, a collective teaming experience, a collective, everybody together um, describing and experiencing the beginning of this new, new entity that is forming, it's almost like a birthday celebration, really. Like when a baby comes into the world, there is this acknowledging that we have a new person, but it's not just... For the baby, it's for everyone. So, what would a starting ritual be every time a new person comes on board? Would that be some kind of special meeting? Is that some kind of you eat food? Is that some kind of um, particular way that you exchange information? Is that I don't know what it is, and it is really specific to your business. But a specific starting ritual where the equivalent of hazing when you were in college when people came on. Um, not hazing we're not harming people but when people came into like new dorms there was something that people went through that says yes I am a part of this new thing and we accept and integrate you as part of this new thing have a starting ritual that makes sure to answer these four key questions who are you who's this person being added who are we who's this collective who are all the individuals and who is the collective what do we do, what are the, what's the single thing that we do as a collective, and what are our individual things that we do, and how do we fit together? So who are you, who are we, what do we do, and how do we fit together? That information, experientially, is a massive part of this starting ritual because it's the, it's the equivalent of shifting around so that everybody sees how they fit together and how they will fit together in this new new um, organism that's being formed, every single time a new person joins, a new organism, a new organism is being formed. The second thing that I think is needed in any kind of onboarding um, experience is partnership with a trusted guide and a touch point. So there's a person whether we're going to call it a buddy system, a staff person, a team member, whoever it is, some kind of trusted guide that holds the responsibility of building that first relationship, that first deeper relationship. And that is listening well so that individual needs are being met and all of the possible modifications that are needed in the onboarding experience. Like As we listen and as we learn about each other, then then somebody has to say, hey, maybe um, Peter needs this instead of that. So that we're not being redundant and having people go through things that they don't need and missing out on experiences that they do need. So a a specific partnership with a trusted guide. How long should this partnership be? You have to decide this. Who would do this? Depending on the workload and stuff like that, all of that has to be really specific to your organization. What I'm going to say is don't call a person to be a trusted guide and not um, acknowledge that this is part of their work onboarding is an important effective onboarding um is dollars it's money made in your organization so then this person who's being the trusted guide is doing meaningful work and that's super critical to the business so create space for this person to have the quality relationship that's needed um explicit meetings with the leader so as part of this trusted partnership or maybe as a maybe this is a third point i'm going to give four points then that there needs to be the opportunity for the leader of this business team group to show that it's safe to be yourself here. It's safe to be vulnerable here. Because the first thing that we are asking is, is, is this a safe place for me to let myself be seen? Um, and we let's not assume that people letting themselves be seen is going to mean that they're going to be unprofessional. And that no, that's not what we're talking about. We're just saying humans humaning together will have moments where things aren't going the way it quote unquote should and we want it to be safe for that to happen and us to flex with each other if there's correction needed if there's questions that need to be asked if there's curiosity all that requires trust and it starts with the leader and so when this new person comes in setting it up so that are explicit meetings and touch points where it's not just the leader saying hey so how's it going it really is the leader modeling a certain level of vulnerable feedback and expression. And again, specific to your um, organization and team, and I I can um, talk about this more specifically if we get on a call, what would you do to invite vulnerable feedback and to have vulnerable disclosure as the leader? So three things so far, we've said starting ritual, we've said a trusted guide, some kind of explicit partnership, We've set specific meetings with the leader that allows vulnerable feedback on how things are going. And then building into the team's life, explicit, I use explicit a lot, explicit rituals of connection that keep answering these four questions and keep building trust. Because this new team, this new entity is being formed and a new kind of trust has to be built. And this new clarity on who we are, the four questions again, who are you? Who are we? What do we do? And how do we fit together? This needs to be part of normal team life. So it could be something like at the start of the meeting. Hey, I'm Faith. I help with so-and-so and and I do this. uh, This fits in with our big picture in such and such way. It could be something like that. And it doesn't even have to be as long as that. But this constant rebuilding of our sense of who we are is massively important to that new person knowing their place and them being able to say, this is what I'm doing, this is why I'm doing it, this is how it fits with the big picture, this is how it connects with what everybody else is doing. So those are some of my top level thoughts on onboarding. remember that the main idea here is not that we're creating a set of processes and steps that people go through so that they can land on the ship or get into the plane or be in the business and be healthy in the business. What we're doing is creating processes that increase our spaciousness, build space for this person, create connections with this person, helping the person have connections with other people, creating mutual understanding with the person and everyone else and sharing responsibility for each other. Because to be healthy as a part of a team, there is this sense of, I care about what I'm doing, I care about my work, and I care about your work, and I care about how my work and your work fits together so that we all can get the job done better and more effectively. I said a lot, it was oh so much more than five minutes. But if you are at a place in your business right now, and especially at this time of the year where you're dealing with the reopening and some of the effects of reopening that have to do with people rethinking career paths, people rethinking expectations around the jobs and and just how we're going to recraft our working together. And some of that means how we're recrafting our adding of new people, since we have to do that. Um, If you're at that place and you want to think about this in some more specific ways that are just more nourishing and provide you with a more stable team, looking forward to talking with you. In the meantime, have an amazing rest of your week. Take care.
0: This has been another episode of the Peak Performing Team, where we help business leaders cultivate more innovation, productivity, and well-being on their teams. If you liked today's episode, please share it with someone and write a review on iTunes. If you're curious about how this would work with your team, go to faithclark.com, schedule a quick team performance audit, and get customized team strategies and solutions.